One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Is that latch? Yeah. Hey, oh, we your- Don't get him talking. <laughs> God's sake. We were putting your story in the podcast the other day. Dating story. Very, very, very funny. Did you see that? Very funny. You are funny for the first for the he's first got, hour. He's got a lot. <laughs> Hello and welcome. This is episode 16 of the Paul Ryder Tapes. As we all know, Paul sadly passed away in July of 2022. But in the months leading up to his death, he sat down with me, his ex-wife, Angela Smith, to tell his complete life story, the successes as well as the struggles. And everyone I know is completely blown away by the level of honesty and openness that he displays. We finished recording just 12 days before he passed away. Coming up in this episode. Typical Sean Ryder way of doing things. Um, he announced in the press that the original Mondays was getting back together and doing this huge tour. Like, it's like, oh, really? Well, where, where's the phone call? It seemed a good idea, but I, I didn't know if I could play and be with them. I've not been with them for 20 years since then. 20 minutes later, I was not in a good way. Right, my fingers felt like sausages. And <laughs> you know when you're moving your hands, like every time your fingers brush past one another, they were like really numb and weird. And you know, and I'm going, what is going on with my fingers here? I was shitting it because I'd not seen the guys for 17 years. And um, when we first met after 17 years in the town, it was a bit bizarre. We just get, we go in there and we do a little bit, you know, push some press push ups and get on the bike and ride, and then we go and have a fag. <laughs> that thing is up there, Stephen. Tell me when. Okay, ready. Okay, so let's talk about the early LA years. So we had this rented house in Topanga. Hmm where we had pictures of Beth Ann Hardison on the wall and Kadeem Hardison was our landlord and he lived in the guest house. He did. And he was cool, yeah. Um, and made friends 
through the school, really, with kids and everything, didn't we? Yeah, I got them on the uh, soccer team, school soccer team. And yeah. Then um, a different other soccer team. Yeah. They never did baseball, though, did they? They never did American sports. No, never did American football. No, or flag football. Flag they football. did it at school, but they... Yeah. I think we just pushed them into the British soccer thing. Soccer. But they loved it, mm -hmm. yeah. So we... We kind of got a lot of English friends really fast, didn't we? Yeah. Through um, an old friend of mine from MTV called Vlad. Vlad. Who worked at, it was called LP33, which was a kind of pioneering music internet TV channel that showcased new artists. Yeah, that was the days of... Was it the end of MySpace? Or was it yeah, MySpace? Yeah, it was kind of the end of MySpace. Yeah. And um, through Vlad, we met this whole host of people yeah. who were all kind of British living in... Most of them were British living in L.A. Mm -hmm. um, we met Dolph and Alison, who we're still really good friends with now. Dolph was the drummer out of... He was in Spirit, Little Fingers. And Spear of Destiny at one point as well. Yeah, and the Tom Robinson band. Tom Robinson band, I think that's where he started off. Yeah. Yeah, Dolph, nice guy. Nice yeah, guy. lovely, lovely, and Alison, his wife. Um, and they used to hold awesome parties in their backyard, pool parties. Great parties. And through Even their... for a sober person. I know, parties. you used to be sober, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. still am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dolph Taylor remembers the first time he came over to our house to hang out with Paul. One time I went over to your house and it, we, I came over to watch the European Cup final with Paul, with Man U v Barcelona. And I was thinking, what's the first time I'm ever going to sit down with Paul and, you know, whatever, lads afternoon and a few beers and all that. Well, to meet him. well, they were 2-0 down after 15 minutes and Paul never said another word for the rest of the day. He was so fucking angry. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so I didn't get a lot happy that day. <laughs> and then through Vlad we met Kat and Matt and mm. Kat was the gorgeous girl on TFI Friday Yes. who every week would ask out an ugly bloke and the ugly bloke would turn her down and now she had to kiss the ugly bloke no didn't no she? she had to ask him out and he had to say no nah, thanks oh and right okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Matt was well he's a guitar player he played with Engelbert Humperdinck for a while, didn't for a while, he? He was yeah, in a lot of cool bands as he's well. He's a good guitar player. We did some songs together. Oh, yeah, Maybe we'll did. play one. Yeah, we can add that to the list, actually, of the, yeah. of the solo material that you're going to put out. Oh, it scandalised was with Matt. Was it? Yeah, that's oh, okay. me and Matt. Well, we'll play that one. And there was another song that you played live when you did the, the Chris and Tina support tour. What was that one? We'll have to dig it out, mm -hmm. which was a really good song. Can't remember it. Cat did backing vocals on it. Oh, right. After um, and then through Cat, we met Sarah and Steve. Steve, he was, uh, what's it, the Greek? Nick the Greek. Nick the Greek in Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah. He's another nice guy. Yeah. So actor Stephen Marcus, a.k.a. Nick the Greek, recalls an attempt him and Paul made to get fit. So, you, you went to the gym with him? I don't know how it came about, I have no idea, but Paul decided he wanted to get fitter. And at the time, I was going to a gym, and going to is just about as far as it got. And so, it was decided that I, me and Paul would just go to the gym together. 
and we must have made the oddest couple because I was like forty pound heavier than I am now, and he was like bald, small, <laughs> and um, we went there and did nothing. So did you even take your clothes off and get in a sport? No, 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 get personal. Um, no, no, we just, we just get. <laughs> we just get we go in there and we do a little bit, you know, push some press push ups and get on the bike and ride and then we go and have a fan. <laughs> Paul would be like, I'm done now, he's a bit out. Well he wouldn't even say it, he'd just go, he'd just be like and I'd find him outside go puffing away on a cigarette. And that was it, that was our gym experience. How many times did you Three do times that? we did that. Jeez. Did he did he have to have Red Bull as well? I don't, oh yes he did, yes. He did have a Red Bull, yes. yes. You'd think all the Red Bulls, he'd have the energy to work out, wouldn't yeah. you? We seem to meet nice guys. And girls. And girls. And girls, and then through Vlad's lot we met Siobhan from Bananarama, Siobhan Fahey, who's yeah. great. she's lovely. And um, we had a, Remember that party we had? We we moved after we lived in Kadeem's house. We rented another house, which was on a hillside. Yeah. In Topanga. Yeah. With huge decks and amazing views. Mm -hmm. And we had one. We had a. Party. I'm not a big. I'm not a big party person, but that was a good one. That was legendary. That party. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was. I've got a list here actually. Of who was there? Paul Cook, the drummer yeah. of the Sex Pistols, yeah. who you knew from London, was in town, so he came. Mm -hmm. Siobhan was there. Mm -hmm. Nick Rhodes's ex-wife was ex there. Ex-wife was there. Yeah. She was a friend of Andrew, who worked with Vlad. Mm -hmm. And Dolphin Allison were there. Nick the Greek Nick and the Sarah Greek. were there. And then this psychic woman called Teresa. Do you remember oh, Teresa? Oh, the psychic woman. Yeah. Yeah. We met again English, but she's like a psychic to the stars. Yeah. I think she did Kate Winslet and a yeah, lot of other Kylie Minogue as Hollywood. well. Did she? Yeah, she did Kylie. Yeah. Did she? Yeah. And um, they just all happened to be around at the same time, and we had we had a party like a barbecue, and across the valley there were there were another there's another range of hills, and the wildfires were happening, and yeah. we sat at our barbecue watching the, the distant hills in flame. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, I wish I had some footage of that. Yeah. Actor Stephen Marcus remembers meeting Dolph and his wife Alison for the first time at that party. I swear, I met you guys and Paul, and I'm not sure if it was, it was the first time I met you as well, was at the party that you had in Topanga at the Yellow House. So I still think of it as an amazing event, because there's like, uh, Dolph, although at the time I didn't have a clue who you were. But I didn't think I did. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you, then I heard about your pedigree and all that, you know, where, where you've been and what you've done. Uh, and then there's Paul, and then there, there was uh, Siobhan Faye turned up, and um, and Paul Cook, and you, Nick, Nick Rhodes misses as well. But then, when we were leaving, I, I, I swear, I just literally tapped her car. <laughs> and it was a tight parking spot, you know, a couple of beers. I remember. That was and, I, and I tapped her car, and she was in it, and she screamed. But all the lights on her car went on. I, I remember the Ferrari, the, the, the noise and the like. Well, yeah, I mean, she, like, what's going on? She, anybody would think that I'd hidden Runda. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, for me the whole event, the whole day was. There was at one point where they were all, everyone sitting around talking about what they were doing, and there's all there's like all these old rock and roll people, icons of my childhood, my youth, 
all talking about the yeah. fact that they were all now vegans eating raw food and uh, <laughs> doing yoga every day. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, you know, you, you've got, like, even Paul is there. But I don't know. Has he ever done yoga? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire's going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a bizarre day. LA burning in the background. Yeah. I really felt like somebody put LSD in the punch yeah. or something like that. <laughs> it was so odd. It was the entire it thing. It was really odd. And there was the psychic, psychic woman. woman. Psychic woman. Uh, yeah. Teresa, yeah, our friend well, Teresa. You, 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 would, you would think, I mean, I, th I thought I'd made it, you know, I'm there, in, in, the, in the middle of the, the Malibu Hills, beautiful house, film, music stars, rock stars, and blah, 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 and, that, and then a fire in the distance coming towards us. Yeah. <laughs> It was very it was far in the distance. It was almost like a set dressing. It, was. Mm. it, it did. It did look it was, like it looked it fake. Was painted it on. It, it might have been fake. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. We should have knocked up a new band on the night. Yeah. <laughs> yes. what we had in the room. A super band. I remember thinking at that party. Wow. We're, do, we're doing that LA lifestyle <laughs> thing. And I thought that was the shape of things to come, but it wasn't really, was it? We, no, we know. stuck to ourselves. We yeah. stuck to ourselves, really. We yeah. didn't really get embroiled in all that. No, I mean we had we had a fair, our fair share, I guess. Yeah. But that particular party was uh, something I'll never forget, really. Um, so then we moved into the valley. We moved into Woodland Hills because Topanga was extremely expensive. Yeah, love Woodland Hills. Still yeah, do. Yeah. In fact, um, that's where we are right now. We're in Woodland in Hills. Woodland, yeah, we're in Well, you don't live in Woodland Hills anymore. No, I, I escaped to near Palm Springs, near yeah. Joshua Tree. Yeah. It's very quiet. Yeah. I like the quiet lifestyle. Yeah. You always did. You're, you are actually quite shy, aren't you? Incredibly shy. Paul and Sean's mum, Linda, tells her best friend, Gazzy's mum, Sandra, why she thinks Paul was so shy. I always feel that Paul, and part of his trouble was he was very overshadowed yes. by his brother. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Especially, yeah. I mean, let's face it, he was so quiet, Paul, mm -hmm. But he could be a little monkey on the yeah. quiet. Oh, God, I'll you know, say, yeah. Like Derek used to say mm. to me, you might be quiet, but mm. you're all there. Yeah, it was just overtaken by Sean, wasn't mm. The clash of personalities. Yes, yeah. Paul was so quiet, he got away with murder. And Monday's drummer Gaz Whelan notes that there were many similarities too. All of the same sense of humour. We all this very similar sense of humour. Sean was the... Uh, Paul was... The, the quiet... You see, it's kind of weird, because Paul's a quiet... You, you think Paul, Sean, Paul's a quiet one, and Sean was a loud one. And that on the surface, that was the case, but... She, they were both... All of us were shy, some of us were loud, some of us weren't. So they were very similar, but very different as well. I mean, Paul were very similar, but very different. And Sean and Paul were very similar, but very different. Was Sean shy deep down, would you say? I think Sean's shy deep down, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. I think even I think even Bezzy's probably. Mark isn't. Mark's not shy. Don't phase me. Don't care anymore. I'm too old. Too old to care. Where's that come from, do you think? Oh, I don't know. It was programmed into me as a kid. Oh, he's the shy one. Sean's the boisterous one. 
And, right. and Sean's a, a Leo, loud and boisterous, and wants attention all the time. I'm a like quiet Taurian, Taurus. So, do you think that was programming, or do you think that was genuine your personality type? Probably personality types that came across first, and then mother picked up on it. Oh, he's always oh, definitely shy. He's a Taurus, and Sean's the uh, Sean's the loud one. And it, it was always like that, even into adulthood. And Paul and Sean's mum, Linda, explains that he'd often vanish on her as a child. Paul, oh my God, he'd never... He'd disappear. And I think, where's he gone? I found him in bed. He was always in bed. They were such good close pals for one another. Yeah, it's mm. a shame, that really. Yeah. Mm. So, so, so when did that... But then my mother used to say, right... I'm not having them both together again because he wants what he's got and he mm. wants what he's got and yeah. then the arguing starts. Well, how long is it between them? 20 months. Oh, so pretty Almost long. two years. Well, I like doing absolutely nothing. Do you really, though? Yeah. Anybody like doing nothing? I love it. I love doing absolutely nothing but, at all. But you've spent so much of your life running around doing stuff. Yeah, it's well, not like you've been laying on the couch for the last 55 years. No, that's true. That's true. But I do, on, on my time off, I do like doing absolutely nothing. It's, it's great. I love it. But the key to that is, you said, on my time off, which yeah. means that there is a chunk of time when you aren't doing absolutely Oh, yeah. Nothing. If I'm doing something I like, then I give it 100%. Right. Always, especially music. Yeah. Something I like, the band, something I like, 100%. I'll give it 100% all the time. He was always stressing, always stressing to make sure everything was right and a bit annoyed at us all not taking it too serious. He used to take it really serious, always. But you have to have one of them in the band like that, you know, you have to. And he used to get stressed that we all didn't take it too serious. So he used to be stressed a lot. Not, not stressed as in... No, he wasn't kicking off or getting angry, but you could see you get the disappointment stare off him, you know, the disappointment look. You know, and like, he'd joke about things, but he just, he'd, he'd, yeah, he never really kicked off anything, but you could see he was, he'd get stressed about how things were. He was always asking questions about the venue, or, you know, about, he, he, was, he used to get stressed at the time. So I didn't realise this is with hindsight. But if you didn't have music, you wouldn't be laying on the couch all the time doing absolutely nothing and being happy, would you? I'd probably be just be travelling the world with a backpack. Would you? Yeah. Do you think you'd do that? Yeah. If it was on my own, if I didn't have family and yeah. and, and kids and stuff, yeah. and I didn't have a band, I'd probably be travelling around the world, yeah. up in the Himalayan mountains somewhere, yeah. smoking Nepalese temple balls. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> what no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. What are Nepalese temple bowls? Are oh, it's hashies. Oh, right, you don't even no. like weed, do you? No. Drug culture underpinned the success of the Mondays, and Paul's friend Latch, who owns the studio that the Mondays would go on to rehearse in when they reformed in 2012, recalls his first flirtation with ecstasy when it first appeared in Manchester. So, well, these these EZs came out called Doves. And when I rocked up at my mate and knocked on the door, the lad who's the drug dealer answered the door and he didn't look in a good way. Like, he'd had a couple of these things and he was fucked, to, to put no too fine a point on it. And I looked at him and he went, 
And he's like, you've got to try one of these new ears. You've got to try one of these new ears. If they're, they're amazing, I guarantee it'll work. I guarantee it'll work. I'm looking at him. Frankly, I was fucking terrified. And I went, go on, they'll have one. And I thought, I'll box clever here. I'll just take half. So we get into the club. Everyone's bopping around. I'm sat there, like, going, what is going on here? And they're, you know, they're all, all the lads. It's, again, one of the beautiful things about that, the, particularly the early days of, of the drug culture, was it, it was a uniting thing. Everyone was like, oh, everyone wanted everyone else to enjoy themselves. So it's like, oh, yeah, you, have you got anything yet? Are you, are you up? Is it, is it great? You know, are you having a brilliant time and all this lot? And so they're all coming over. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? I'm like, nothing, nothing. So one of them says to me, how much have you had? I said, half a tablet. He went, have the other half. Well, at that point, I've got nothing to lose, have I? So I took the other half of this thing. And I, I don't know how long later, 20 minutes later, I was not in a good way. Right, my fingers felt like sausages. And <laughs> you know when you're moving your hands, like every time my fingers brushed past one another, they were like really numb and weird and... You know, and I'm going, what is going on with my fingers here? And then I went, do you remember as a kid when you were out on a winter's day and you were freezing and you used to come in and stand next to the radiator and it burned, but it was sort of nice. I was like that all over. So I've got these sausage fingers, I'm on fire, and I'm thinking, what the fucking hell's going on here? And then I was like, I was going all week, I couldn't lift my arms or anything. You know, it was like, I felt like I was melting like this right now and then another weird thing happened the paranoia kicks in so I'm quite a veiny person like I've got you know veins on the back of my hands etc etc so I'm looking at the back of my hands and all the veins have gone and my mate who's with me who's drunk can see him struggling a bit and I went can you see any veins in the back of my hands uh, and he went no you're all right mate there's nothing there I was like oh fucking hell so then you, the, the lad who, who sold it me comes over and he's like, you're all right? I was like, mate, I fucking, uh, I can't walk. I was like a zombie walking through that nightclub. I, I vividly remember walking up the stairs. There must have been a six foot seven bodybuilder in front of me. Who's, I just literally walked into his chest like that. He looked into my eyes and just went. And he just stepped to one side and I just carried on walking in a straight line. Went outside, got some fresh air, gathered myself together. and was all right after that. But that was the first time an E worked on me. Okay, so during those early LA years, you got a band together with Matt, who we mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. and you also worked with a French guy that we met called Eddie. Eddie. Eddie Grandfier. Eddie, Eddie, was, Eddie was the, um, the French John Peel of his time. Um, he had a radio show in Paris. And he, he was like John Peel, he played all new music stuff and, and, yeah. and helped discover lots of French bands and English bands, yeah. But he was also a musician himself, he had his own group called One T. One T, he had a great big European hit. He's, uh, he resurrected that a couple of years ago, you know. Did he? Yeah, I think he had another hit. Yeah, and then he but, worked as a producer for Wackeem and various other yeah. EDM artists, I think. Uh, who else did he work with? He did. Uh, he did all the music for Perry Farrell's solo album. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He did all the music for that. Yeah. So me and Eddie got on really well, and uh, he had a studio space up in Hollywood, and also one at his home, where I used to go quite a lot, and we just we'll, we'll play some of that stuff as well. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. In fact, here's a song right now. <laughs> um, what we're planning to do is, is you, you've done so many solo projects over the years that haven't been to do with the Mondays. What we're planning to do is bring the best of that and put them out in a collection. That sounds good. Yeah. That sounds good. So we will be playing... Good for the grandkids. Some of them, yeah. Some of it's really good. Well, a lot of it's really good. Um, also during that time... Um, do you remember when Ian Brown came to LA and you're playing golf with him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Talk about that. <laughs> well, that, that's what the house where we had the party on top of a big hill. Mm. It's like um, you could launch golf balls off, off, the, off the grass and it'd just go right down deep into the valley because we were so high up, you know, you could get really far. So we had a, we had a little golfing competition there. <laughs> He was gonna, he was gonna sing on one of your tracks, wasn't he? He was, yeah. He still will do one day. Mm. One day, Ian will sing on one of my tracks. I'm, I'm certain, certain yeah. of it. Yeah. It's just getting the right time and the right song. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing really well though, isn't he, with his yeah. solo, solo project with his kids, with one of his kids, or is it both? Both, his kids? both yeah. his kids played on his last album. Yeah. Okay. And during that time. Um, you weren't in the Mondays, you were emphatically not in the Mondays, but the Mondays mm. in name only was continuing to do shows. Tell me about that. Oh my God, this is where our kid drove it into the ground. He's, um, he got a bunch of uh, musicians to, um, to replace everybody and uh, carried on under the name Happy Mondays, which was, uh, which was phony. Mm -hmm. yeah. Who was in the, the, who was in the group from the original members? Uh, just Gaz and Sean. So the drummer and Sean. Yeah, and just Gaz Whelan. Was, even Rowetta wasn't involved, was she? Was no, a... Rowetta wasn't involved either. So it was a real. It was just like a tribute band. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. And he he drove it into the ground. He was. He was. I don't think he was in the best space he's ever been in while he was doing that Monday's stuff on, on, on at that period. Mm. And, uh, and you know that because there was a point when Gaz dropped out or wasn't able to do some of the shows and your own son Jacob took over as the drummer. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, Jacob drumming for Sean under the name Happy Mondays, yeah. which we went to see. I, we went to see him in... Yeah. Um, in Los Angeles. Anaheim, wasn't it? Well, that was a quite an interesting experience. Um, what did that feel like? I, I was just detached from it all by then. But you were very proud of your son, I Oh, very proud of him, yeah. He's a great drummer. If anyone needs a drummer, give us a call. Yeah. He's a great drummer. And I'm not just saying it because he's my son. Yeah. He's got a really good style. Yeah. Uh -huh. So what was it like standing there? We were standing on like a mezzanine level, weren't we? Right at the front. Yeah. Really good view. What was it like watching your group, A, with your son playing drums, mm -hmm. and B, with a different person playing the bass? What was that like? And a different person playing the, the guitar. Um, the best bit about it was the drumming. How can he go around un under the name Happy Mondays and do this? It's kind of ruining everything I'd worked for for like nearly 30 years 
he was just ruining it and he, he did end up ruining it. It took us many, many years to build it back up once we all got back together again. Mm-hmm. It took us a few years. Mm-hmm. Did they know that you were there? Did the rest of the band know that you were there? No, no. Jacob did. Yeah. Because I saw him in the afternoon at soundcheck. Right. You know, did you but, not see any of the rest of them at the soundcheck? No, no. No. I just kept in the, in the shadows. I wonder if Sean knew you were there. I really don't know. I'd have to ask. I'd have to ask Jacob. You probably wouldn't. Sean wouldn't tell you, would he? No. But you would like to do another album? I'd love to, yeah. I've got at least five albums worth of bass lines mm. waiting so to go. What's stopping that whole process then? Why do you think there's no... Sean and his ego. Why does he not want to do another album with you? Well, he's never really had anything nice to say about any of us, really, has he? Mm. You know? So it's all in, it's all in his own head. Mm-hmm. Do you want to put right... You, we've been looking through some of his books <laughs> and he has a story about why the group split up. Now, we've already, we've already talked about what happened with that and it was about him not showing up for the big meeting or mm. saying he was going to get some Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. But he says that you broke up because of the rest of the band's egos, that you didn't feel you were getting enough of the limelight in interviews and you were greedy and needed money. Once again, absolute rubbish. I don't know where he gets his story. His, his version of the truth is kind of wild and out there. And it's uh, And it ain't nothing like the real truth. Drummer Gaz Whelan agrees that the original split was nothing to do with their egos. It was a weird time because we all kind of buried our heads in the sand and was in denial, but we all, we were, were in denial, but we were, we were in denial with each other. But all, you know, we all knew it was over, but with each other we was in denial it was over. Former keyboardist Paul Davis too has his own memories of that time. I just felt like a loser as I'd lost something really good. And then I didn't think about it. I was too concerned about myself and other people. And I think we all needed a bit of clearance to have a good think. But you can have a think and it can last 20 years, can't it, sometimes? But it must have been a bit annoying for you when Sean and Bez were getting all the publicity and they were the ones on the front cover of the NME. How did that Not at all. Not for me, personally. I hate having my photograph taken. Right. So you'll see me probably stood at the back on group shots. Yeah. Because I never liked it. No. Never liked doing interviews, never liked having my photographs taken. It was all about the music for me. Do you like doing this? Um, some of it. I don't mind. What do you not like about it? Um, going over bad shit. Yeah. Yeah. But it's important to get it out there, Of course it, it is. It's, uh, if it helps somebody, then that's great. Yeah. You know, if it helps somebody in the music business, if it helps someone struggling with addiction yeah. or alcoholism, mm-hmm. you know, then then that's cool. Is that why you're doing it then? Is that why you're willing to speak so openly about everything? I've just learned over the years how to speak openly and honestly and tell the truth. You know. Is, is it hard to tell the truth? No, it's my truth. It's not really hard because it, this is what happened. It must be hard for Sean having to lie because he told another lie, because he told another lie, mm-hmm. because he told two more lies before that last week. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Yeah. But is it uncomfortable for you to tell the truth? Not really, no. No. But you just said it was. You said that it's un- that you don't enjoy 
talking about that stuff? It's not uncomfortable. I don't really enjoy it, but it's it's not uncomfortable. Uncomfortable to me is uh, detoxing off opiates. Is it not cathartic for you, though, to spill it all out and be honest about it all? Does it not make... Parts of it, yeah, because parts of it has been written in Sean's books over the years that I've flicked through and read and I've put down because it's complete bullshit. Mm. You know, part of it is like, no, this is what really happened if you want to know the truth, mm. you know. Okay. So 2012, we'd been in LA for three years. We had a nice life going on. The kids were playing soccer, they were going to school, everything was groovy. Mm-hmm. And then somebody messaged me with an article that was in the sun. Tell me about that article. Typical Sean Ryder way of doing things. Um, he announced in the press that the original Mondays was getting back together and doing this huge tour. Like, it's like, oh, really? Well, where, where's the phone call? He didn't have the balls to phone it up and say, look, do you want to do this? He just announced it in the press like his usual like his usual self. I mean, actually, it was quite a genius way of going about things, wasn't it? Probably, yeah, but really rude. Yeah, it wasn't exactly, uh, yeah, um, wasn't exactly taking your feelings so, into no. account. Paul and Sean's mum, Linda, and Gaz's mum, Sandra, hadn't heard anything either. When did you find out that everybody was getting back together? I think when Paul told us. Yeah. I think Derek had heard a rumour. Paul and Gary were doing something. Yeah. Together, weren't they? They, they were doing... Yeah, but by this time, Paul was, living exactly. in, Paul was living in LA and Gary was in Canada. Yeah. But they never yeah. stopped keeping touch no, with didn't. one another. They, they were up to something, mm. weren't they? And I never, I never sorted out what it yeah, was. Yeah, they were, they were working with a French guy out here. Eddie. That's ah, right, yeah. Ah, mm. right, yeah. In fact, he sent me one of the songs they did the other day and it's really, really good. Really, really good, yeah. So, Sandra, how did you find out that they were getting back together with the original lineup? Um, Well, we did rumours, but I didn't think they were true. And I asked Gary and he said, yeah, they were. Mm. Well, it was as simple oh, okay. as that, really. Yeah, he admitted yeah. it. And, like, I can remember Ken saying to him, well, do you think it's a good thing? And he said, well... Yeah, I think it'll work. Mm. Oh. Yeah. What did you think, Linda? Were you scared? Um, not really. I just wondered um, whether it would work. Mm. You know, by this time we had the fall. We had the fallout. I think we had, hadn't we? Well, it was ongoing, wasn't it, for years? Really? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I thought, well, how can you know? How can anybody? Which was a good thing, in a way, that they could work together. But then they got to a point where mm. Gary told me mm. that Sean gave Paul some stick when they were on stage. Yeah. But Paul just let it go. Yeah, it was very good, Paul, really. Over his shoulder. And I will say that on family do's mm. and, you know, family get-togethers... They were all very amicable. Mm. There was never any animosity. But I think it upset the rest of the band. Oh, it did. It did. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. First instinct was absolutely no fucking way. No chance. Why? Why would I want to put myself on a stage where he can belittle me? and, and uh, berate me like he did do for years. Why would I want to put myself back in that position? I remember we went to a therapy session mm. with, a, with a therapist, obviously. Mm. I remember talking to him about that and you saying, absolutely no way am I going to do that, no chance. Yeah, I was serious at the time. It's like, why would I, you know? And then slowly but surely, the memories of the good music came back. Yeah. I'm thinking, a bit like addiction, really. Oh, it'll be different this time. Yeah. You know. And you spoke to the other members? I uh, spoke to Gaz, yeah. Didn't, didn't speak to my... We all met up in this, in the... Uh, well, hang on a minute, you'd not agreed at this point. So you'd had yeah. conversations so with everybody. Then I went to some therapy sessions and spoke about it and insisted I wasn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, then musical memories was coming back. Mm-hmm. The good ones. And then there was a phone call. For some reason, he asked to speak to me rather than you, which right. was weird. Who was this? John's manager? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, he was one of those people that said what he believed you wanted to hear. Yeah, he said that everything would always be split equally between everybody going forward, and mm. that literally lasted precisely for one tour, didn't it? And you never, ever got any merch money, even to this day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was... Perfect manager for Sean. But let's let's give him his dues. He did actually pull it off and manage to get everybody, all seven of you, to agree to reform in 2012. So he, he did, yeah, he did well on that point. So you got a flight to the UK, mm-hmm. and the first time that you met up with everybody was at a photo shoot at the Lowry Hotel in Manchester, I believe. In Salford, Tell yeah. me how you felt on that morning when you were going to go to that photo shoot. Um, how did I feel? I was obviously nervous, nervous about... Because I'd not seen Sean for years. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd not seen Mark Day or Paul Davis for years. Mm. So um, how, how were they going to... How were they going to react? Tough Gong Studios owner and friend of the band Latch has each of the band members sussed. Mark was a dad from the day that band started. He's Captain Sensible, isn't he? He is Mr Sensible, Mark. You can see Mark in slippers, cardigan, pipe, fireplace. That's that. That would be Mark's environment, if you know what I mean. I found out it was a very wintry day, and I was a designated driver. Went to see his, his friend's band, 
And I was driving, they were all pissed in the back there. I took my mate and his girlfriend and my son, and, and they went there. And my, my daughter was working at the Marriott, and um, Sean was in there talking to his new manager. And um, my daughter just went, oh, I think you know my dad. So, oh, we're just talking about that. Um, and then I get a phone call, Dad. Sean Ryder's here, um, he wants your number. I went, it's up to you, darling. So she gave me my number, and the next thing, I've got the manager ringing me the next day, talking like, uh, well, I could do with the money. <laughs> and that, and that, so I must have said yes, but what my concern was, I'd not listened to the, any of the songs for 17 years, and it, w it wasn't written down, so how am I going to do it? But some, somewhere, it was, in the back, it was in the back of my cortex somewhere, you know, and it all came, it took me a while, but, you know, you get there. I've wrote it all down now, so I can't forget. And then, like, PD... Again, he was, he was a really nice lad, PD. Do you know what I mean? He, he's really a sweetheart. I'd say he probably lacks confidence, you know, and, and just when they, then when they reformed, I'd say he felt a bit out of his depth. I heard about it the week before. I got, I got a phone call, yeah. It seemed a good idea, but I, I didn't know if I could play. Uh, and be, and be with them. I've not been with them for 20 years since then. So, you know, so, and it was like, none of them had changed. Yeah. And Paul lived in LA, and my dad's in Canada, and me and Mark still at home. And it was like, wow, there's, you know, lots to catch up on. And then you got Ro, who's the diva. Yeah. But, and, and everything that, that that entails, which, in my experience, you sort of need that in your singers. Yeah. There, there, there is that element that makes a, a person a singer, if you know what I mean. So, so Rose, what Roe is, and again, I've worked with Roe tons of times, so, so we get on okay. But Rowetta was very hesitant to go into the hotel. I think somebody rang me, and I think I was saying, I might have heard rumours, so I don't know. I don't, don't read the sun, so I don't know. But I might have heard rumours first. I just remember getting a phone call or, or me phoning PD after him and going, if you, I'm not going to this meeting, no intention of going to this. We've all got to meet together. I'd only go if... Because there's no... I just thought PD won't do it. I didn't think... So I must have spoken to people just to ask if they'd do it. I remember seeing, seeing it in a paper. I've met Beth several times now at gigs and, and functions and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, there's no harm in him. There's no like, there's no like, oh, fucking stay away from him. It's just like, oh, he's at it again. He, he's like a fucking Duracell bunny. You know what I mean? And there's only so much of that you can do, isn't there? I'm fatigued watching you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he's a great lad, lovely lad. Now he is a sweetheart. He is a sweetheart. It's always been chaotic, to say the least, being a member of the Happy Mondays uh, and uh, and that's the only thing you can say. And to be straight with my soul, uh, I can hardly remember, no, oh, no, a lot, a lot of this shit. I can't remember the, the, the ins and outs of everything. And I, I, I think Sean's the same as well. I just cannot recall fucking so much shit, you know what I mean? I've been told things what have gone on, I fucking have no way, dude. I've had no idea, you know what I mean? 
a fucking like stuck in a, a, a no ignorant bliss even you know what I mean <laughs> but you never had any beef with Mark or Paul no Davis, never or any of the other members of the band did you never no no, no. we just we just went our separate ways mm. for quite a few years and you kept in touch with Rowetta and Gaz and Gaz yeah I always kept in touch with Gaz yeah yeah so on that morning do you remember the morning when you went to the hotel no, not really, not really. Um, I was probably just putting on a brave front, you know, nervous as hell, but mm. putting on a brave front. And I knew Gaz was going to be there, so that was cool. Mm. You know, I, I could sit next to Gaz. <laughs> so who arrived first, can you remember? Um, ooh, who arrived first? Well, who was there when you got there? I think me and Gaz might have arrived at the same time, mm. which was okay. Then Mark arrived, good to see him. Then Paul Davis arrived, good to see him. I wouldn't get out of the car and I was saying, if PD's in, I didn't believe PD would go in the in the building. There's no way. And he went, he was he was already in there. So I was, I was just out waiting outside, making sure that everybody was there. I didn't want to go in and, and it not be the full lineup because I didn't know they were all going to be there. I just didn't believe it. Once I knew PD was, PD was the one I just didn't think they'd get him in. Um, I just didn't, I said, gone around with him over the years, I've seen him over the years. But yeah, so I was really pleased that they were all in there when I got in anyway, I think I might have been the last one, or somebody was outside having a cig, but they were all definitely around if they weren't in the same room. I was the definitely last one to go in, but somebody might, like I say, somebody might come in after me who's gone for a cig. I could see them all. When I walked in, I was like, oh, they are all here. I was really happy. It was like, they're all here. Because I didn't, I just didn't, I knew Bez was going to go in. I knew everybody was going to go in. I think, it, honestly, I think it was PD. I just didn't believe he'd go in. Guitarist Mark was a tinsy, wincy bit nervous. I was shitting it because I'd not seen the guys for 17 years. And um, when we first met after 17 years in town, it was a bit bizarre. It was nice to meet everybody, but I was still a bit like, oof. Are we all over it now? Are we all clean? Can we all, you know, actually do this? Paul Davis, PD, was also pretty nervous. I'd heard about Sean, because he was always in the paper. And he turned up with black leather gloves on, a leather jacket, sunglasses. And I was like, wow, trying not to be noticed. And Paul turned up, big smile on his face. And we just chatted. Uh, it was all very rushed and everything. We got talking on the bus. Uh, but I think we're all a little nervous. I was, anyhow. And then the purple-headed monster arrived. Sean. Like, uh, like some kind of jester. Did he speak to you? No, he didn't even look at us. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, he couldn't even look us in the eye. I, I, I don't understand that. How can somebody not acknowledge you when you're doing such a big thing together? If I could understand Sean Ryder, I'd be a millionaire. Yeah. You know, you what just... about Bez and Rowetta? Were they there that day? Yeah, Bez, Bez and Rowetta were there. They was just... They've not changed over the years. They're exactly the same. You know, they was nice and bouncy and bubbly. All, all, good, all good friends with them lot. So you didn't exchange any words whatsoever with Sean? No. Nothing? No, nothing. You didn't even exchange glances or...? Not from what I can remember. 
Wow. So what was you feeling when you went away from that? How did you feel like it was going to go? Truthfully, I was probably just thinking about the money. Mm. And it would be nice to have a bit of money. Mm-hmm. So what happened next? So you did the photo shoot, and there was a big announcement, and they started selling tickets, and then obviously you had to learn the songs again. How, how easy was that? Um... It made it easier knowing that all the shows were selling out. Right. So it was, everyone was on a pretty big uh, big buzz mm. knowing the shows were selling out. Going over the songs again. Um, why did we rehearse? I don't even know where we rehearsed. Warrington. We rehearsed in Warrington. Latches play. Oh. Lovely latch. We love right, latch. I was on hand, really, just just not involved with what they were doing, but just on hand to lend any bit of technical advice or just just run things through they're in my building they're my guests and they're paying me money to be here i want everything to go smoothly you know so i'm 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 nearby but not necessarily in their faces so of course like i say if they're having a tea break or whatever um you know you get chatting and like i say they're all all really nice guys but i gravitated towards paul and gaz they're they're I think we're, we're, we're of a similar age. I think we grew up at the same period of time. We've got similar experiences. I think we just hit it off. We're very similar in a lot of ways, I feel. Um, yeah. so, so we just hit it off big time. You know what I mean? And Paul's a smoker, I'm a smoker, so there's that, because we're social pariahs, aren't we? I st still thought they were drug-taking lunatics like they were back in the day. But, of course, I was then and I'm not now, so why, why would I expect them to still be the same? I don't know. Obviously, Bez is, <laughs> but, but the rest of them are relatively sensible. We're all a bit more mature now, aren't we? It's not, it's not to say there's not an inner lunatic, but you temper it a bit more these days, don't you? Or you pick your moments, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I was expecting a lot of drug-fueled lunatics smashing the place up and, you know, got all kinds of shenanigans, and simply that was not the case. They were professionals who were there to do a job, who've matured a bit as well, you know, as as has myself, hopefully. We rehearsed in Warrington for like four weeks, like crazy, like 12 hours a day, just taking an hour off for dinner. How easy was it to relearn the songs? Quite easy. When they get in a room and you hear them play together, you're like, holy shit, these, these are a real band who can actually play. And that was the thing that surprised me the most. So then when you go and watch them as a more mature gentleman, not off his face on drugs, you're going like, Jesus, these are really good. As a band, not just the music, but as a, as a functioning unit, this is really good. Was Sean yeah. there at that time? No. So how did he, what, how did it work with him? Um, he never... He ne did he come to a rehearsal? Didn't he have an autocue and then... He, yeah. He, didn't you have to send him the music and then he learned his lyrics separately with somebody else? I think so, yeah, with Dan. He would have done it with Dan, who was who was uh, helping Paul Davis out on keyboard duties. Did you not ask him to come to the rehearsals? No. I mean, to be fair, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a good thing that, that them lads who haven't played together for I don't know how many years got in a room and played, you probably, it was probably beneficial to them to not have a singer there. And, and 
Because, again, if you've got the singer there, you've got the pressure of, shit, we need to get this, because he can't do anything until we've got locked in. So, in in a weird way, it was probably a good thing. But I suspect towards the end, he probably should have been here a bit more than he was. He didn't feel he needed him. No, he never used to turn up at sound checks either, so, you know, yeah. if he didn't have a good sound on stage, it was just down purely down to his own fault. Right. You know. So how did it feel when you were counting down to that first show? It was great. Everyone was, like, everyone was really buzzing that it was going to be really good. Yeah. It was tight. It was a really tight band. It was always a tight band. Mm-hmm. We just didn't know how to end songs, so they went on for quite a while in the yeah. early days. <laughs> just, didn't, we just used to play until they fell apart. The Mondays were that. It was a real band of mates that went one day, let's form a band, and muddled through and became what they became. And you definitely got that that sense of, of brotherhood, camaraderie within the band. But when Sean arrived, it's it's Sean and the band, it's not... He's not a part of the band in that sense. Or it, it didn't feel like that to me anyway. It felt like it was Sean and the band. Um, and the atmosphere changed. It suddenly was not as fun, for, for want of a better term. That's no disrespect to Sean. I, I suppose there was a lot of tensions there and everything, so everyone was suddenly like, oh, game face is on here. We're not here to enjoy ourselves anymore, which you should be. You know, that's sort of the point. Yeah, again, I, I don't think he's that bothered about that. You know what I mean? It's just a vehicle rather than this is us against the world, which is what a band should be. Well, you never knew when the song was ending. You no, just carried on? just carried on jamming. Oh, wow. And yeah. what did Sean do? Oh, he carried on singing and joining in. and. So who, who decides when the song ends? Like, where does... It just fell apart. You just didn't play it till it falls apart. Really? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. That was early days, so, and, like, early to mid-days. Mid yeah. That, you know, then we had to learn endings. Right, uh, because... And, of... we, and we, we, we learned more about endings by being in the studio. Right, and then you also had programmed keyboards, so I suppose yeah, was so a we had to, there was a structure there that we had to follow. Yeah. Yeah, but we was all really buzzing for this first show, and it's like... Um, and afterwards, it was like, yeah, great, pulled it off. Let's let's do the rest of the tour. Did Sean talk to you at the gig? No. No, no. No words were exchanged? No. What about travel arrangements, travelling to the shows? Oh, we the band could never, ever, ever travel with Sean. Why? He's a nightmare. Whose decision he just wants, was that? It's just me, 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 me. Just me, 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 me. I'm important. Mm-hmm. It's just like I don't need I don't need that bullshit. Mm-hmm. If we were gonna do it, which I did do, I'd have to travel separately from Sean. And also, you had different dressing rooms as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what was the the drill then? You'd all show up for the sound check. When did Sean show up for the shows? His new his new thing was showing up for the show, literally five minutes before we go on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd be sat outside the venue in his in his car, mm-hmm. and five minutes before we going on, he'd come in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'd nod at each other and, and whatever, no conversation. And um, by the time we was finishing the the encore of Rope for Luck, he was off stage, out the back door in his car and gone. 
So he goes, he goes straight. He goes while we're still playing. Do you feel like he's missing out because of that on the camaraderie? Oh, he's definitely missing out on that. Yeah. I wonder how he feels. He thinks we all hate him when we're all against him. It sounds a bit like you do, frankly. With <laughs> I don't, I don't hate anybody. I, I don't. Mean, do you want him to be more a part of the of the camaraderie? If there's going to be new stuff, then yeah, obviously, he has to be. Is there a possibility that that could happen, do you think? It all depends on me and on our relationship, and it's not good at the moment. So how, how do you want that to change? More will be revealed. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. And what do the rest of the band think? About Sean? Mm, about his lack of cohesion with you all. I think they're pretty happy about it. Oh, really? Yeah. That puts him in quite a sad place, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you not feel sorry for him? No. <laughs> not at all. I love him. He's my brother. Yeah. You know? But come on, dude. Sort your neck out. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So what needs to happen to make it all okay again? We have to have a, a relationship where we even speak to each other or even look at each other. Mm -hmm. then, it, then it has to grow from there. Is it going to be possible, do you think? Maybe one day. Okay. One day. Do you want to leave it there? Yeah. Cigarette. Good job. All right. Oh, let's get this on. Get me back to sleepy old Hammett. Get me back to the one-horse town. <laughs> I love it there. Just that just come out of nowhere, didn't it? Wasn't ill or, you know what I mean? That was like, that's the same age as me. I literally come out of nowhere. Yeah, I was here. I was fucking stunned. It was just very bizarre, very sudden. It's, it's, it's fucking awful, isn't it? Fucking shocked, Angela. Wasn't like he was ill. He was literally, he was fine. He hopped on a plane, got here, felt a bit ill. Dead. Like, where the fuck did that come from? That was just bizarre. It could be just one of those things where it's literally, you know, those a catalogue of one in a million slim yeah. shots. Particularly because it was so sudden. Oh, because it literally, I think yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, what, what like would they say? Yeah, the, top of yeah it. the stars all aligned, you know what I mean? It, 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 it was like, yeah. because it was literally that sudden, wasn't it? He was yeah. ill for a, a deep, well, he wasn't even ill, he just felt rough. And he was losing his hearing, apparently, the day. That's right, yeah, yeah, he was yawning a lot. Yeah. The, the paramedics said they thought it was a clot, and he's like, they said it looked right. like a clot. Well, why didn't the coroner pick that up? 
Uh, again, you, you, there's a whole rabbit hole you could go down here, isn't there? He was Mr. Laid Back. He was he was one of the most laid back in a cool way people I've ever met. He was just very content, you know, just just cruising along in his own lane, doing his thing. Don't bother me, I won't bother you. He was very much one of those people, if you know what I mean. That man loved a nap. How he could nap drinking that much Red Bull, I don't know. But do you know what I mean? I'd like to think of him as a sloth, only doing what was necessary. Do you know what I mean? Not lazy, just only doing what was necessary. Why walk when someone could carry you somewhere? Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, why walk when I can catch a train or a taxi or something? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was sort of his philosophy. Me and Gaz, we do talk about him when we're together occasionally, and that was one of the things we were saying. It was like, fucking hell, the amount of cigarettes and Red Bull, that, how he lived this long, I don't know. <laughs> Coming up on the next episode. At the end of 2012, I came home from England and you said, look in Chico's mouth, there's something there. Mm -hmm. And I remember him facing me, you was behind him, and he opened his mouth and I looked in it and mouthed over to you, that's cancer. Do you remember that? Yeah, there was this giant lump on giant his tonsil. Giant lump on his tonsil. Yeah. And I instantly knew it was cancer. I really couldn't have coped with seeing Chico oh, like that. Because, don't forget, I was just getting over having my lung out. And I really was heartbroken saying, I wish it was me. It could come back to me. I'm old, you know. No, no, yeah. It really yeah. did affect me because I knew what the poor child must have been going through. And I remember being in the hotel room with him and you calling and him getting the news that Chico had cancer. And he came off the phone, he was in shock. And I was like, you, you know, you're supposed to be on stage in like two hours time and you've just received this news. Do you not want to just go home? And and he was like, I don't know what to do. And it was it was it was the most awful it was the most awful gig I'd ever been to because he obviously played that night. And um, I remember being at the front watching him, thinking, what is going through his mind right now? One, one show out of thousands. Yeah, go on. She was mouthing at me, I want to fuck you. And then lifted a top up and showed me her tits. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty cool, but I, I could never find her after the show. with a tune that Paul wrote with Matt Cheadle and Eddie Gronfier called Real World. It's a song he played live when he supported Chris France and Tina Weymouth on a US tour and it features Catalina Gorado Cheadle on backing vocals. Please join us again next week, same time, same place. Join our patrons club by going to patreon.com forward slash the Paul Ryder tapes and check out our merch at paulrider.tv and come and join in the chat on our socials thank you so much for watching 
watching. We really, really appreciate you. Please subscribe to this channel so that you don't miss out on anything. We've got loads of stuff coming up. Thank you so much to our guests. And of course, as usual, to the star of the show, the one and only, the late, great Paul Anthony Ryder. Fucking terrified. And I went, go on then, I'll have one.